Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It's episode number 89, Wednesday, January the 12th, 2022. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, as always. The event that we'll be uh, reporting on today, the opening round of the 2022 Supercarts USA Winter Series. The event uh, taking place at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires this past weekend. And this week's show is being presented by Peril and USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion from karting to the track, right, to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Perlin USA is North American source for Perlin products, and we run a factory race team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Perlin chassis lineup includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28 mil Opportunity Model for cadet classes, and the Daytona four-cycle chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to parolinusa.com. Well, David, uh, we, before heading to, to, to Florida uh, for the opening round of the Winter Series, we did our Outlap podcast. You and I were both pretty pumped. It was going to be 80 degrees and sunny the entire time. Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a short answer to yeah. what was a, a long weekend regarding the weather. Uh, yeah, rain disrupted uh, all three days, uh, made for a little bit of a chaotic Saturday with a torrential downpour coming down uh, prior, you know, overnight and in the early morning once um, racing was supposed to be or warm up was supposed to be getting underway. So, yeah, uh, the AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex was a, a lake at one time, including the paddock Yeah, and uh, really was uh, a lake all weekend long in the paddock, you know, with the way everybody sets up their, their tents and the, and the, uh, the, the, um, uh, flooring and everything like that. It was just a, it was basically a mud pit in the pits, uh, throughout the, the weekend after that massive downpour that we had Saturday morning. Well, the bottom line is this Homestead Miami motorplex in Homestead, Florida, essentially the gateway to the keys, right, right from Homestead, you head going down to Key Largo into the keys. So it's the very Southern tip there of Florida to a certain extent. Well, it's also about a, what, two miles from the ocean. The guys are telling us, uh, so it's, it's essentially sea level. Right. So there's not a lot of place for the water to go. The track actually has French drains, uh, which means it doesn't actually have any kind of a, an area to, to pull water out into uh, into some kind of a, a holding device or a holding tank, whatever it may be. So the water's going to stand there. And that's essentially what happened. Torrential rain, as you had said, on uh, Friday evening into Saturday, uh, everything getting pushed back about an hour. But kudos to the entire team from AMR uh, Homestead Miami Motorplex. Their whole crew got in there. Scusa crews were in there getting the water off as much as possible. And eventually only an hour late, I think we started to warm up about nine o'clock, nine fifteen, as opposed to uh, eight o'clock as it was supposed to. But the bottom line is, in the end, we were able to get the race underway. Uh, a lot of changing from the mechanics, obviously, back and forth. Uh, but David, all in all, a, a pretty good weekend. Again, this, this event happened on January seventh, eighth, and 9th this past weekend. The first two rounds of a four-round championship, the Supercar USA Winter Series, and David, uh, fifth season for the championship. Again, pretty good numbers. Yeah, I think. When you just to wrap up the weather, I think, yeah. yeah, that was the hardest part was the mechanics having to decide between every session what were we were going to do. Uh, you know, there were a number of sessions where the weather changed just as the as the field was going out on the racetrack. Uh, so, yeah, really big kudos to not only the staff for for getting everything done and completed on Saturday after I think it was over an hour long break or uh, delay. So uh, to get all that done and then for all the mechanics to. Uh, to just uh, keep pushing and moving forward with all the 
changing conditions and and just just the difficulties that everything brought in. It was uh, it was pretty uh, outstanding. Over the five years of this championship, the Supercars USA Winter Series, it's been over 200 entries every year, even with some issues that they've had with with lower entries on the on the East Coast in Florida and the shifter card categories. 201 total last year in 2021, about 10% growth up to 220 is what I did when I got, kind of ran through the numbers here uh, today. Uh, again, David, we talked about this in, in the outlap and trackside. Uh, really exciting to see the good numbers in the cadet categories. Micro Swift had 34, Mini ended up with 39. So you're talking, uh, you know, over what, 73 drivers in the cadet categories. That really bodes well for karting at this level, knowing that these kids, a couple years in micro and mini, then in junior, then into senior, this, there's going to be a good wave of numbers coming through the next couple of years. Yeah, that's nearly half the the total on the weekend alone, yeah. um, just for the entire event. So that does certainly bode well for the future. Again, like we talked about in the outlap, and and really it was great racing in both categories. A, a number of, uh, especially in the mini swift category, a number of different drivers uh, kind of in the mix all weekend long. But uh, just to see again, getting getting a lot of new blood into the sport, and that's always always a positive, and that's always what we're looking for in karting is is getting new people involved and in, and in, and in, in at the track. For those you listen to our outlap, we had, uh, as always, there's always some trackside entries and some guys that enter but end up don't showing up or, or aren't feeling well, especially with COVID. I would expect a couple of people probably potentially came down with, with COVID you know, coming into the event. We, we missed a couple of people that weren't there. Uh, but still good numbers in the X30 classes, uh, 35 in junior, 38 in senior, and actually about a 50% increase last, from last year's eight in X30 master. David, we actually had 12 drivers in the master's class this weekend. And that was, again, one of the more competitive categories where we saw a number of different drivers uh, in the mix. And that's a, a actually a, a championship now with Renato Yadr David gone <laughs> that we'll, we'll see uh, a fight go down to the wire, possibly in that category. Yeah, that's a bunch of good drivers in the, in the X30 Masters class. In KA100 Junior, we had 21, 30 in KA100 Seniors. And, and listen, that, that those senior races were absolutely epic, as were the juniors. Without a doubt, again, that's that's the continuing theme that we have with the KA 100 divisions, uh, producing a lot of great racing, uh, making it available for a number of different drivers to be in the mix at the at the top of the uh, the order throughout the the weekend and and yeah, the uh, the senior division I think was more of the wild wild categories of the, of the weekend. <laughs> Indeed, uh, in the shifter class, we talked about this in the outlap. Um, obviously the Florida winter tour has not been a big, I mean, rather the, uh, the, the winter series for Scusa hasn't been a big draw for the Scusa categories in the shifter car classes, pretty much the same as last year, six drivers in the pro shifter class, five in master shifter. Now hearing some scuttlebutt in the paddock that there may be more master drivers coming out for the event in February. Let's hope that is the case. Uh, last year's champion, Freddie Remrev wasn't there. There was a, there was a rumor he was actually going to show up, but decided not to. Uh, again, Dave, we, we don't need to really dive too much into it, but the bottom line is, you know, shifters are still strong around the country. You know, we had 50 at the Super Nationals. We're expecting a really good field of shifters uh, at the Winter Nationals to start off the Pro Tour for this year as well. But it just doesn't seem like like the, there's the draw for people to come from around the country to get down there to, to that to the, the Winter Series. Now, let, let's, let's be real. When there's six drivers, we talk about numbers breeding numbers. At six drivers, how do you get people to come down when – they, they may get, you know, they may be racing against five, six, seven, eight, nine other guys, even if you got more people, right? So it's hard to build momentum when you only have single digits. That That's very true, Rob. And, but on the other side of it, it was a pretty competitive category in the pro shifter division. 
a uh, number of different drivers in the mix throughout the weekend. Yeah. So at least we saw, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, the master shifter was a little bit different where we saw pretty much uh, attrition deciding everything there. But uh, the pro shifter category was certainly exciting uh, each day and, and, and each session that they were on track. So that's the positive in that. Yeah, again, the negative is is the amount of numbers that we do have. And, and again, that's just something that that, uh, you know, Supercarts USA is going to have to focus and look at uh, moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Bottom line is, uh, to, as I said, 10% increase up to 220 entries. That's we always say anything over 200. And you've got a massive national event. So 220 drivers in total uh, to kick off this year's Scusa Winter Series. Folks, when we get back from this quick break, we'll jump into the paddock pass. Talk about some of the stuff uh, that happened in the paddock itself. Just some overall uh, notes on the event uh, down in Florida. We don't just drive trucks because they're dependable workhorses that let us tackle icy roads all winter and tow a boat on the summer weekends. We also drive trucks because they're fun. And the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is a truck tire made with fun in mind. Like any Cooper tire, the Rugged Trek is designed to do everything you need it to do. It's got stone blockades to protect your tires off-road and whisper grooves for smooth, quiet street driving. But with its in-your-face design, like the dual sidewalls that let you choose between two aggressive looks, the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is also a tire that shows off your truck's wild side. It's the tire that's off-road party on the outside and dependable all-purpose Cooper design on the inside. Learn more at coopertire.com. Go with the Coopers. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs are available in 2021 for the USPKS and the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and Super Nationals with full product sales and service and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private, one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. Trinity Karting Group is also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and IAMI, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Welcome back to a new edition of the EKN Debrief, actually episode number 89. This is myself, Rob Howden, and David Cole doing a deep dive into the opening round of the Supercarts USA Winter Series, which took place this past weekend, January 7th to 9th at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. Time to jump now into the Paddock Pass, where we'll, we'll talk about uh, some of the notes, some of the stuff that happened away from the actual on-track action. Uh, this edition of the Paddock Pass is presented by MG Tires. 
No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the United States Pro Card Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Carding Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. Whether it's the medium SH Red, the soft SM Yellow, the super soft green SS, or the intermediate white IZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. MG Tires for the drivers. All right, David, first and foremost, I think there's a bunch of stuff to hit on. Uh, Track updates, pushback bumpers. Let's start with the track updates itself because, you know, we kind of went over what they did to the racetrack, making some some changes to the curbing, to the kind of the exits of some of the corners. It played a role in turn number 12 quite a bit with the rain this weekend, but let's let's touch on the, the updates that they made to the racetrack. Yeah, I think the major point of the updates was the curbing. Um, you know, they redid a number of the apex curbings around the racetrack, and that was a key element that prevented, not completely prevented, but uh, made it to where drivers did not want to drive over the curbing at the apex. That's something that we saw in the previous uh, events at the home, at the AMR Motorplex uh, where drivers utilize the curbs nearly every apex they went to, where these new curbing, uh, you didn't want to hit them. You wanted yeah. to stay off of them. If you hit them, it was either uh, you turned in too early or you were trying to make a pass that didn't work and you, you were trying to avoid hitting somebody. That was, uh, I think that was the major upgrade and update that, uh, that played a factor because, again, it, it slowed the lap times down probably about maybe two-tenths of a second. Uh, when you look at lap times compared to last year. So certainly made it more of a, a driver's track where you had to utilize the brake and the gas a little bit differently than just ham- you know, powering through a, an apex jumping over the curb. So that was that was a major issue. And I, I don't know, watching the racing, I think that that made things a little bit more difficult to pass. You know, one of the things, David, as well, was the uh, some changes to some of the exits of the corners where they actually put in, in some corners, they had some some grass on the exit, so you, could, you couldn't just run out over top of the exit rumble, the rumble strips and onto the pavement and continue. Turn 12, it's always been that way, final corner. Everybody rolls through, you go on the other side of the curbing, right up against the barriers and come out of that corner. Well, grass all on that area. They had some grass lined up on the exit of turn number one as well, but it got ripped up pretty quickly. They ended up putting in kind of a, a dipping um, curb like the, the rumble strips with pretty significant rumbles to make it tougher to go through there a lot of drivers kind of backed off from there but david that the one uh, let's go to turn 12 because you know drivers coming through that corner saw that it was there well the first time they actually went hard at it racing wise and it was a qualifying on on uh on saturday morning they, they had, everybody had so much trouble getting that car through. we had so many guys going over the rumbles into the grass and man spins because it was all wet eventually being a kind of a big mud slick it did its job, but it was a messy one for sure. Yeah, I think that was more Sunday morning, if I recall correctly. Um, I'm trying to remember how everything unfolded, but uh, I was pretty yeah. sure we had some guys go off on Saturday. With we all did the rain too, on Saturday, but right? I, I think I think a the majority. Yeah. I think the majority of it because the track was nearly dry, but it, it was just that one section at turn 12 that was really slick, and then when they came through, it really pushed them off into the the exit curbing and then into the grass and part of the issues i think too is the grass is actually it seemed to be situated above the curbing so it wasn't like there was a drop down when you when you went off the curbing so you kind of went up and then into the into the wall and into the grass and again 
it's it's Florida, like you were talking about, the, the water has nowhere to go. It just kind of sits there until the sun can dry it out. And unfortunately, the sun didn't really come out uh, during the early portion of Sunday morning. So yeah. it was it was real it, overcast. It did, it did rain overnight. We didn't tell, tell everybody that it did rain overnight as well. So when we got to the track, it was the track was totally wet when we got there. Uh, Correct. On Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So so it was a drying track. So drivers were on slick tire or dry tires trying to get through this one section that was a little bit damp. And then and it just it just created a little bit of chaos for the opening three corners. Once somebody came through the wall and really hit it hard and, and they had to repair the wall and then try and disperse some of the the uh, the water that came out of the the barriers as well, too. They had a little bit of a track delay for that. But other than that, I think it was good. Um, you know, looking at obviously you did, you weren't able to walk the, the racetrack, but I w I was able to during the during uh, the photos to to collect photos and and the other grass sections that were that were installed are, are holding up pretty well. Oh, I mean, they're they're typical, you know, you get the line coming through because drivers are dropping a wheel. So you you know get a little bit of the burn off of the grass, but nothing like the, like the mud pile we saw in turn 12 and, and actually turn one in the counterclockwise direction was going to be grass until the, uh, the club racing that they had just destroyed the grass. It was a complete mud pile, very similar to what we saw in turn 12, but a lot bigger and a lot messier. So they just completely made it curbing, uh, rather than, than keeping grass there. So that was really, you know, when you talk track limits, that was really the only section that we saw, uh, where drivers were exceeding the track limits, but again, they weren't calling it because, it's all curbing. I mean, there's yeah. no, there's no way around it. There's no smooth pass path through it. It's just all curbing. So it's very similar to like the, um, the left hand exit, uh, at GoPro Motorplex where it's just all bump, 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 bump. And, uh, and, and a pain in the ass <laughs> as a driver, yeah. but yeah. sometimes, you know, that's the fast line and that's what you got to take. Yeah, so there's, there's the risk reward there for sure. No we'll see. It. Yeah. We'll see what happens when we go in the other direction. If, if that is utilized on, you know, coming through to the last corner and then how the different grass sections, uh, hold up for that event as well. If it stays dry, I think it's going to be great. I don't think you're going to have any issues, but uh, you know, if we do have the, uh, the waterworks that we did have this past weekend, uh, it could, it could be a little bit of chaotic and could be again, another mud show in certain corners. Yeah. We'll see what happens when we get back down for rounds three and four at Homestead in February. One of the big uh, pieces of news over the off season, kind of through the Christmas area time, David was the fact that Scusa electing to go with no pushback bumpers. Uh, they've invested pretty heavily in their video marshalling system and they have a big staff that's at all these races. So Tom Kutcher and the crew saying, Hey, you know what? I know that a lot of people have bitched about the pushback, uh, the penalties that have come, you know, race winners getting, getting, losing the race because of a pushback. They like to go to no pushback bumpers. What are your thoughts all in all? Let me start with this. To me, it looked like Saturday. Things were real good. I, I was really impressed with the, with the starts and everything on Saturday, even without pushbacks. Felt a little bit like we kind of got back to the old school racing. We had we had way more wrecks of drivers trying to overcook and kind of throw it into turn number one at the starts. Well, I think you always get that on Sundays, no matter what. Um, having no pushback bumper certainly helps uh, uh, take away the the possibility of penalties coming to you, depending on how <laughs> aggressively you are in turn one. Uh, but that's something they were watching. I mean, they were, I, you know, we're in the, I was in the booth with them, uh, as I would go out to take photos, I would see them reviewing every turn one, turn two, 
at the start for all the different categories and seeing, okay, is this, is this guy being overly aggressive? Is he causing the incident? And, and so they're, they're certainly watching every start uh, very closely and intently uh, with the cameras. And again, the, the officials that they have on track as well too. So um, I, I guess on social media, there's people bitching about, you know, having the no pushback because, you know, maybe they get, they were involved in a rack or got taken out. But I think on the flip side, if you were out front and stayed out, kept your nose clean, there was certainly no issues. Um, for me personally, I think, I think it was a good weekend overall with, yeah. without the, having the pushback bumpers, as you said, yeah, there were, there were some incidents on Sunday, but overall, I think that's, that's just kind of how racing is when, it, when it's the last day, you kind of let things go and, and you, some drivers kind of push it a little bit too hard on that final day. But uh, overall, I think again, personally for me, and I, I wrote this in the column to wrap up 2021, I'd like to see it just in the senior and master divisions. And I think we saw, you know, the pushback bumper or no pushback bumper being, uh, uh, you know, uh, kind of helping some of the senior drivers, you know, doing a little bit of bump and runs and, or, you know, again, a driver is blocking you, you, pu- you put your nose into the back of their cart and you get them out of the way if they're going to defend. Yep. Uh, so we saw a little bit of that. So I, 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 it's good because now we don't have, it takes, it, it takes away the drivers from driving afraid and trying not to get a penalty because of they don't want to get that bumper pushed in. So, yeah, I agree with that. Now, now here, and here's my one thing, and, and we really haven't brought this up yet. With Scusa making the move to have no pushback bumpers, putting the onus then, of course, on the race direction, the race directing team with their video marshaling system, that's going to take a bit of time. We can't just say, oh, no pushback oh, yeah. bumpers, right? Uh, oh, but it was really bad the first weekend. Well, right. well, remember, the penalties have to come down from Scusa's race, race direction for people to know Hey, I can't do this. I can't drive like that. You know, the pushback bumper is an immediate penalty. You do it, you come in the track. Yeah, I got to push back. Whether or, you whether you did it or not, right? right. It's it's immediate. It's going to take a little while for Scusa's the drivers to realize. Yeah, if I do this, I'm going to get penalized, <laughs> right? And well, Scusa has to do the penalizing, but the drivers have to. Once this starts getting into a rhythm where people, hey, you know, or like I, I just got DQ'd from a race because I punted a guy. Uh, well, man, I can't, I can't do that anymore. They, they've got to be taught. They've got they've got to learn. And again, that's why I thought doing senior and master would be better because some of these juniors and some of these cadet drivers have not driven without a pushback bumper. They're not used to it. They're, Never. you know, yeah, they, right. they got to relearn how, or they got to be taught how to drive without a pushback bumper, which is a little bit different because yeah, you can put your nose into somebody a little bit and not strike a penalty, but yet have still have some good racing. And so again, that, you know, like you said, it's it's only the first event. You can't judge everything on just the first event. Yeah. We got to see how it unfolds throughout the year, and and, and again, the Scusa officials need to, still need to be on top of everything. So again, they're they they have to uh, you know it it it's it's almost a learning curve for them as well too. Yeah, we've got to give we got to give them enough time for their penalties that they lay down to to, to change the, the the feeling of how you race. That's all. That's all it's going to take, right? Um. Speaking of racing, uh, how weird how weird was it to be at a uh, Supercarts USA any national race and not have Ryan Norberg on the racetrack? <laughs> it was it was certainly weird, you know. Right, no Ryan Norberg, no Brandon Jarza cracked. There was no Air, yeah, uh, Aries Dumegian, uh, a number of different drivers that we have, you know, within the top ten. Uh, no Brandon Tyner, a number of different drivers that were not uh, competing 
uh, in the uh, the top level, the X30 senior division. So it was uh, it was certainly different, and unique. And we talked to Nor. I pr- talked to Ryan Friday uh, while we were trackside. You know, it was he 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 wasn't missing it. And then I talked to him Sunday. And he said, "Yeah, I'm glad I didn't race." You know, again, he got to see everything from this side of the fence a little bit more. Got to work directly with each of the drivers under the tent and and kind of help still build that you know that team cohesiveness uh while not being a driver as a as a driver coach so yeah um <clears throat> you know and jars cracks kind of doing the same thing with mike Doty racing as well too so again we're starting to see a number of these drivers moving into that coaching role and uh and it's and it's opening up the doors for some some of the other drivers to kind of be the uh the 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 standout drivers so that's something i think we're going to see uh throughout the year obviously norberg's coming back he's going to do you know the pro tour and uspks so we'll we'll still see him you know charge the crack i believe will be running a limited schedule as well too so uh yeah it's going to be um yeah it was certainly different to see norberg on the sideline but uh you know again it's new drivers coming into the senior ranks and and so it's going to be a whole a whole group of new drivers i think up at the front of the field with along with some of the old ones. Hey, let's cap off this edition of uh, the Paddock Pass, which is brought to you by MG Tires. By talking about something that kind of caught our eye, David, it's, it's, it started catching our eye on social media, and then we finally see a trackside, and that's Odenthal Racing Products with their new uh, GoPro camera mount uh, that they that they brought out. We saw they made its track debut this weekend. It did. It was running with Jeremy Fletcher in the uh, KA100 Senior Division. I'm not sure if he had it on for the uh, X30 senior cart as well too but we did i did see uh see it on the ka 100 cart uh yeah odenthal racing products coming out with this new mount um certainly uh unique and provides you uh, a number of different adjustments to uh to no matter where you're mounting it on the chassis because again some of the rules now is you have to mount the camera to the chassis whether and no longer the the radiator or the front fairing so it's it's certainly a, a, a very unique uh, mount. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of people build their own, and I think this one is certainly going to take take the uh, the market by storm. A number yeah. of different people are already, you know, submitting money, you know, their credit cards for <laughs> for purchasing this item. So again, it's it should be out in the next month. But you know, it, it again, it's on social media. It's on Oldenthal Racing Products uh, social media pages. Uh, we've shared it a number of times. Took a picture of it. Uh, this past weekend in our paddock insider as well too so again unique uh and has the ability to hold two cameras i think that's the unique uh aspect of it you so you could have a, a camera facing forward along with a camera facing uh to the to the rear of the cart as well too so number of different adjust adjustabilities to the mount so you could have it as low as you want you could have it as high as you want different angles just <laughs> very unique That's cool. and uh yeah. and and um going to be probably one of the more popular uh products sold in 2022 yeah very well thought out design so keep have a look for that for for Momenthal racing products all right time to go for another quick break when we get back we'll dive into the race reports we'll start chatting about uh who was good and who was able to find victory at the opening round of the Supercarts usa winter series there's a new hot button name in american safety equipment Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track, and their carding lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT carding helmet is available for $599. 
Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market, with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo. Any competition, one helmet. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, the CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the Mini Hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to kartcrg.com or find them on all social media networks. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, the new EKN Debrief, as we take a deep dive into the Supercarts USA Winter Series opener, which was held on January 7th to 9th. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Time to jump into the race report, which is brought to you today by Leading Edge Motorsports. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of countless drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Leading Edge Motorsports is the West Coast importer and factory team for IP karting, which manufactures the ultra-competitive Praga and Formula K chassis brands. In 2022, Leading Edge Motorsports will be trackside at the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, Florida Winter Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Stars Championship, California Pro Kart Challenge, and high-profile Rock Cup events. Contact us today to book a spot under the tent. Visit LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more info or find them on Facebook and Instagram. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. All right, David, let's jump into uh, our first category as we work our way through the classes. X30 Pro and the headline, Via and Dedulio earn series first victories. Yeah, when I said we saw a number of different uh, new names at the front, this certainly was the case in X30 Pro on Saturday. Uh, and a familiar name, but a name we haven't seen in the States for a while. Mateus Morgata actually set the fast time in qualifying, working again with uh, AM Engines, Ariel Castro on the Xpre, able to set fast time. But uh, a driver we haven't seen in Scusa competition for over a year following his uh, suspension after last year's opening round at the Scusa yeah. Winter Series, Alessandro Tullo. Uh, he was able to score the win in the pre-final. Ended up being him and Eduardo Vila uh, up front in the uh, in the TB cart. Those two drivers were able to break away uh, from the pack uh, after some early shuffling. 
Uh, Vila led the majority of the laps until about three laps to go when Zitulo uh, took over the top spot. And then from there, took the provisional checkered flag as the winner. Unfortunately, Alessandro was unable to leave Tech without a, d- a disqualification, which ended up moving the uh, the victory to Vila, the Italian on the TV cart, scoring a big victory for them on the uh, opening round. Yeah, Morgado ended up coming home in second hand, and Greenmeyer battled within the top 10 uh, throughout the race and fought her way up to third in the final order, obviously fourth on track, but third in the final order. Tyler McIntyre on the Burrell Art and Jeremy Fletcher in his uh, Supercarts USA senior category debut coming home fifth. Uh, Fletcher David actually with the uh, the hard charge as well had an issue in the pre-final and out early started all the way back in 39th and we kind of followed him through the battle all the way up to P5 34 spot improvement uh, for Jeremy Fletcher. Yeah, I got to post the fast lap of the race was actually two tenths quicker than the leaders uh, running a 47.794 wow. lap time. So amazing speed in the main event for for Fletcher to uh, to be able to grab a, his first top five. Let's go to Sunday. Out of the gate, Thomas Navu for uh, Trinity Carding Group on the Cart Republic qualified on pole. He was pretty strong throughout the entire weekend. Uh, moving into the pre-final, David Detulio was there again, though, and it was it was very apparent that based on what happened yesterday, he was ready to fight back and try to go for a win on Sunday. Yeah, it was about redemption on Sunday for for Alessandro. It really looked that way. Uh, the Canadian, however, though, showed speed early on. He was able to lead early in the main event. Uh, until Alessandro took over the point and then on lap nine and then from there showed the way the entire distance of the 22 lap main event and uh, was able to score victory by 2.6 seconds. Uh, Mateus Morgado was able to get ahead of uh, Nevo, Nevo in uh, to take over the second spot in the closing laps. Diego Ramos finishing in the fourth position uh, with Hannah Greenmeyer up into the fifth spot. Yeah, Supercarts USA has not yet, I don't think, updated the points, but with a couple of second-place finishes, Morgata will be the point leader heading into the finale. Hannah Greenmeyer with a couple of top fives. I expect she'll probably be potentially uh, second in points as well, David. Yeah, that's setting up for for those two drivers to probably be the top uh, championship contenders. I would think Thomas Naveau would probably might be there as well, too. You know, so, again, a good weekend by him at the finale could, could kind of help him out there as well. So... Uh, it, we, it should be a number of different drivers in the championship contention when we head to uh, AMR Motorplex in February. Hard charger was John Burke on the Tony Kart, 27 spot improvement. Started deep in the field, 36th, and was able to work his way up to ninth. Yeah, DNF in the pre-final for him as well. So again, drivers getting that DNF in the pre-final, they're able to pull off the uh, hard charger award with uh, Fletcher on Saturday and John Burke on Sunday. One thing we will mention about the main events, when you hear about a char- hard charger in the main event on Saturday, the race actually wasn't full distance either. Because we got pushed an hour later, a little over an hour late getting started, uh, Supercar USA cutting a couple laps off the pre-finals and a couple laps off the main to make sure that they were able to get the racing done uh, before sunset. So uh, considering the fact uh, that Jeremy Fletcher came up 34 spots on Saturday uh, to fifth was pretty amazing because he could have had a couple extra laps to work with. Uh, let's go to KA 100 senior. Here is your, uh, headline Morgan doubles up in senior debut. What a weekend for Carson Morgan. It ended well for him. Both days certainly, uh, didn't begin, uh, at the, as the top driver to beat on Saturday was actually the Merlin nation driver, uh, Nick Terlecki, who was able to set fast time and qualifying, come out, uh, with a pre-final win. 
Uh, so Turlecki led the uh, the field to the green flag. It was a wild fight up front, including Turlecki, both Carson and Cole Morgan, uh, Connor Ferris, along with Peyton Phillips. A little bit of contact between Cole Morgan and Jeremy Fletcher in turn four ended up carrying into the hairpin in turn five. Uh, their fight and contact also collected Connor Ferris and Peyton Phillips. Uh, that uh, that kind of shuffled up the running order after that uh, fiasco and allowed actually Carson Morgan to kind of get away from everybody as he was able to pull away and earn the uh, his first senior victory uh, in the K100 senior division, driving to a 1.7 margin of victory with uh, a- uh, Nick Tolarecki able to hold off uh, Aiden Rudolph, another senior rookie, uh, for the runner-up spot. Yeah, Tyler Wettengale and Aiden Levy uh, wrapping up the top five on that one. But David, it was interesting that the contact, kind of a the you know the Morgan Fletcher deal, actually kind of poured over a little bit into the into the scales as well as uh, I think Morgan approaching was it was it Fletcher he went to talk to I, I didn't see exactly but I know that Morgan did get removed from the remainder of the event wasn't able to run on Sunday for uh, physical attack towards a competitor is what Scusa had written on on Race Hero. Yeah, make sure you quote that. Quote, physical quote, attack towards quote. a competitor. Yeah, I didn't see any physical attack. I know he approached him when officials told him not to. Uh, I'm not sure if he grabbed him or because, again, it was on the scale line. And, yeah, and uh, Cole Morgan was already already off the racetrack and waited for him, obviously, at the scale line. And uh so I wasn't quite able to see exactly what happened, but he did approach him. Officials kept telling him to go back and to stay away. Uh, he didn't. They had some words. I'm not exactly sure what was said, but uh, he was removed for the remainder of the event for that act. There you go. Uh, hard charger on Saturday. At KA 100 senior was Colin Lloyd in the Tony cart. 18 spots up. Started 25th. Drove his way up to 7th. Yeah, again, as you said, uh, only 20 laps for the main event, so nearly one position every lap for him. Let's move to Sunday, and it was Connor Ferris coming back from uh, getting taken out in that event, uh, that that main event kind of uh, melee there. He ended up qualifying on the pole position, but Carson Morgan stepping it back up, won that pre-final, David. He did. Uh, again, qualifying, that was one of those sessions where we saw a number of drivers going off in turn yeah. 12 and into the mud. Terlecki was one of them, a number, number of other drivers as well, too. Uh, so Ferris was able to keep it clean and dry and not muddy and uh, <laughs> able to score the fast time. Uh, more, not quite sure where Morgan uh, situated himself in that session, but certainly came out uh, as the driver to be in the pre-final. And then, um, you know, it was it was a, uh, a wild day for them because uh, I, I believe just before uh, they were about to go on racetrack, it started raining for the K100 junior division. So everybody swapped over to rain tires for the main event. Uh, Carson Morgan was able to essentially go wire to wire on a wet racetrack with Jeremy Fletcher trailing him the entire distance. Yeah, Fletcher ended up finishing second. Aiden Rudolph, David, back for another top three. He actually drove to the top three as well because I believe made a pass, I think, on the final on the final lap to grab, to grab third because he was one of the fastest drivers over the last handful of laps. Yeah, he had a bit of uh, some water issues with the engine and carburation troubles, so he was trying to get that figured out along with an airbox moving on him and covering up the holes, so, uh, or the, the rain cover covering up the holes on the airbox. So he had a number of issues and uh, was able to power through them, and as you said, he was able to get by Aiden Levy, 
uh, on the final lap to score that third position. Uh, Levy actually ended up crossing the line in fourth, but was disqualified for being too narrow, I believe, in the rear width. So uh, he was removed from uh, the results that that advanced Peyton Phillips, who rebounded from that Saturday contact to uh, end up fourth with Calvin Wetzel uh, with Mike Doty racing in the fifth position. Yeah, David Wetzel, actually the hard charger, started 26 to get up to fifth. That's what you like to see in a wet weather race. Yeah, 21 spots, so nearly one position every lap. And again, that's that's the uh, the, the craziness of, of wet weather racing. Some drivers are able to just uh, grasp that uh, that those type of conditions and uh, take advantage of it, and certainly Wetzel did there. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, into our, uh, another break here in this edition of the Debrief. When we come back, we'll hit on X30 Junior, KA100 Junior as well. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Cartsport North America features over 6,000 square feet of retail space. Along with being the official race team and distributor for the Kurt Republic chassis, they offer full retail sales, Kurt service and storage, and products from the top brands in the sport, such as CZ Chain, Talon Sprockets, SKF Bearings, and Prisma Tire Gauges. If you want to take your racing to the next level, they also offer driver training and coaching programs available trackside at GoPro Motorplex. They have a massive inventory, so head to their online store at kartsportna.com to get same-day shipping of the parts and components that you need. While you're there, check out their used section of carts, engines, parts, and accessories. Kartsport North America, top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back, back to episode 89 of our EKN Debrief, closing in on that Magic 100, which we'll likely hit by the end of the season. Uh, we are in our race report segment, uh, talking about the Supercarts USA Winter Series. Leading Edge Motorsports, the sponsor of our race report today. X30 Junior from Florida. Here is the headline. Weldon and Miller score first victories. This category, again, was one of them that we were watching. We were wondering who was going to be able to step up and uh, and show themselves as, as one of the top leaders for the 2022 season. Well, we saw a number of different drivers up front all day, all weekend long 
including uh, qualifying Michael Costello uh, set fast time in the slow group. Yeah. And was able to hold through through the uh, the fast group to uh, to set to to uh, earn the pole position for the pre-final. In the pre-final, though, it was uh, Homestead regular Max Garcia, who is the uh, Pro Tour runner up, I believe. Uh, from last year in this category, he was able to drive away to a solid win in the pre-final. In the main event, however, uh, Garcia had a solid, a sizable lead uh, for majority of the race. That was until Aiden Ingrata, the Canadian, was able to run him down in the closing laps. And everything kind of came to a last lap battle with Ingrata able to get by Garcia uh, within the final few corners. And as they came down to the last corner, Ingrata was in the defensive mode. Garcia went aggressive, and the two both pushed off wide at the la- at the final corner. This allowed uh, uh, Sebastian Weldon to drive uh, clean and clear uh, past both of them as they were ta- both taking a mud bath in what uh, was that wet grass section on the outside of turn twelve. Uh, with Weldon able to cross the line first to score his first series victory. Well, obviously, with with coming down the straightaway into the final corner, you know, Ingrata's running that defensive line. Garcia's right there. He's trying to dive to the inside. Even, even as defensive as Ingrata was, Garcia was going to go to the inside. A little contact there. Good good for Sebastian Weldon because I think he saw it kind of happen. He did a big wide berth way to the right side of the racetrack and was setting up for the over-under. And it paid off for him because the contact between uh, Ingrata and Garcia, like you said, put them both on the other side of the rumbles into the grass, kind of kind of hanging out there on the cushion kind of a thing. Uh, and they were able to come back on the racetrack. Uh, but uh, for the incident, um, Garcia actually getting a five-second uh, penalty for the contact, David. Yeah, it was it was a, a five second penalty for contact for Garcia. Unfortunately, Ingrata put uh, a little bit into his own hands on the pace lap or the cool down lap as uh, he was removed from the results uh, following contact after the checkered flag oh, on track. So okay. uh, Ingrata actually crossed the line in third behind uh, Garcia, who crossed the line in second. But obviously, those two penalties kind of shuffled up the order. This allowed Mateus Orwella making his X30 junior debut at the Scusa Winter Series to uh, stand on the second step of the podium. Garcia was then dropped down to the third spot. Uh, that moved Stephen Miller up to fourth with Caleb Guerrero in the fifth position. Yeah, hard charger for the X30 junior category coming from 34th up to 15th, a 19 spot improvement for Brandon Carr on the Cosmic. Good run for Brandon coming from deep in the field. Not surprising uh, that he'd be able to get up there as a pretty quick driver. Um and in fact, he came back, David, after the hard charger on Saturday and put it on the pole on uh, on Sunday morning. But it was it was a weird session for X30 it, Junior. It was. Again, they're doing the split sessions for the X for a number of the categories. X30 Junior was one of them. Uh, the slow group was actually out on racetrack and it was dry and they were able to lay down some good laps. The fast group was sitting on pit lane when it started to rain. <laughs> and unfortunately, they were, uh, you know, they got to go do their session. Unfortunately, it was a wet racetrack. So again, they had to do the, um, I guess they call it the one, one Oh one rule. I'm not yeah. quite sure exactly the rule that they, they utilize where they'll take the slow group or whichever group was quickest. They'll put them on the pole side of the pre-final and the slowest group on the outside, uh, for the, the pre-final. And that's essentially how they lined everybody up for the pre-final. So Carr was able to, um, to earn the pole position from his, uh, from the slow group based on his fast time in that session. 
Yeah, in the pre-final, Aiden and Grot able to move to the front to uh, to get the win there, starting the pole position. But uh, the, the main event was pretty interesting. David and Grotta got out to a solid lead, but he literally got ran down by Stephen Miller. Yeah, very similar to what we saw on Saturday. This time, Ingrata was the driver that was out on front, out front, leading pretty pretty comfortably yeah. until uh, Stephen Miller had almost like it seemed like he had boosters on and was just running through the field and 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 slowly, you know, was able to uh, to to run down uh, Ingrata by lap thirteen or lap nineteen. It was uh, Miller to the lead, and then from there he was able to pull away to uh to score his first victory uh of the series yeah pretty impressive run for steven miller uh, it, was a, it was a good day all told for steven miller we'll talk about in that in a second let's go to ka 100 junior and here's the headline gaffera and miller split wins in ka 100 junior yeah opening day was uh pretty good for caleb gaffera in the ka 100 junior division making his first start in the category uh at this level uh, he's done some club racing in the K100 Junior Division, but never at the Supercarts USA uh, program. So set fast time in the qualifying session, but Austin Jerves, the Scusa Pro Tour number three from last year, ended up uh, sneaking by him uh, in a photo finish for the pre-final win. Uh, Gaffera stepped it up, though, in the main event as he was able to grab the lead on lap six and drive away to a 2.8 second victory. Uh, for his first victory of the 2022 season. Yeah, that was just one of those deals where you got a really good cart, you're you're doing the job, and you're out front, and you just put the laps down. Gaffer was unbelievably consistent with his lap times, stretched away to almost three seconds, like you said, over jurors. Uh, Valentino Garbarino coming home in third spot. Stephen Miller uh, was the uh, finished in fourth. Again, his weekend was would get even better. Miller finishes fourth, and Max Taylor rounding out the uh, the top five. Miller actually, David, w- with the hard charger as well in that race had, a, had an issue in the, in the pre-final. I don't, I don't know that he even started the pre-final. I think he started at the tail of the field in 21st and was able to fight up to fourth. Yeah. It was, was a DNS for the pre-final. Not exactly sure what oh. happened again that, you know, we weren't really following Miller on Saturday as to, you know, issues that he had. He was again, one of the top contenders in both categories, you know, again, scoring a, a fourth finish, a fourth place finish in the X30 junior division. And then again, driving up to fourth place in K100 junior on Saturday. So interesting, interesting to uh, an interesting weekend for him as well. And it got even better, as you said. Yeah, K100 junior was, the, I think, the, the, the second class in the order behind Microswift. So on both Saturday and Sunday, they had the damp track, the, the damp or the wet track for qualifying. Caleb Gaffari did the same thing. He was the first guy to bolt out, fastest driver in, on Friday happy hour. So he was able to bolt out, and he actually got an extra lap, pushing hard over the five-minute t- uh, limit. He was able to get through and get an extra lap. Same thing happened on Sunday uh, where Max Schweib was able to get out and push hard. Everybody else kind of was rolling around. He got that one extra lap, David. Max Schweid, I think he might have been one of the last guys across the line to be able to steal the pole position yeah. away, right? Yeah, if, if I recall the session, he was. I think I think Farrow was one of them. Yep. Jers was right there. And I, I want to say there was one other driver that was that was in, in contention. And then all of a sudden, Max Schwade jumped up right to the Boom. top, right as the uh, the yeah. checker flag waved. So it was uh, yeah. a good session for him. Uh, he was quick uh, on Friday as well, too. He, uh, you know, again, the local drivers were certainly quick uh, all weekend long, Miller being one of them as well, too. Now, here, here's the interesting thing. This is, again, you talked about the weather being crazy. Caleb Gaffer ends up winning the pre-final. He starts on the pole. Well, again, the, the rain starts coming. Uh, right at the very start of this race, if I'm not mistaken. And so all the drivers had rolled out. 
on dry tires. So the entire the entire race on slicks with a wet, raining racetrack. Man, it was fun to watch the drivers trying to figure out what they needed to do. Right, where do I need to be? You could just see everybody trying to get a feel for it. I thought that I thought the junior drivers did a great job. Didn't have a lot of guys spinning off, making mistakes. They were all just trying to find out where the grip could be on the racetrack. No, they did an excellent job for for the conditions. Again, it wasn't a torrential downpour. It was just, you know, a a little quick rain shower that kind of got the track damp. And it actually, the sun, I believe, started to come out as they were getting the checkered flag. So, uh, again, it was just a quick little shower that, that, that made the track wet. But as you said, the drivers certainly did a great job. Again, trying to find the grip, you know, keeping off, you know, staying off the uh, the walls and not spinning around and and causing a, a chaotic scene. So it was all in all a great main great main event. Uh, in the end, uh, Miller uh, was able to uh, he this is how it started his day. Obviously, it, it, the KA Junior was before the X Thirty Senior, so he had already won. He ends up being the victor here as he uh, ran down the leaders and took the lead on lap number eight. So Miller wins in X30 uh, K100 junior. And then later on in the day in the, the third to last race is when he backed it up with X30 senior or X30 junior, that win Miller just had a fantastic Sunday. He ends up winning, but not by much. It was, it was a good battle at the end. Luke welcome. Who was a winner last year in the, in the winter series. Uh, David was right in the fight there as well. Uh, Austin jurors ended up finishing third, Caleb Gaffera in fourth. As he faded a bit uh, in the in the late going, and, and Garbarino another top five for him, two top fives for Valentino Garbarino on the weekend. Yeah, we talked to, or I talked to Miller uh, after the he actually ran from from the scales back to the pits, and I was wondering what was going on, and and Chad Doc and his mechanic said, well, you know, he's not feeling really well, so I got back to his pit after you know he he got situated, and I guess he had to go to the bathroom really bad. And, <laughs> And he said those last closing laps were like torture that, uh, you know, he, he was ba- basically hanging on. And I think that kind of, you know, if, if Luke welcome wasn't there, it would have been a lot easier, but, uh, but Luke kept the pressure on it. Certainly didn't help, um, Miller's bladder at all. <laughs> well, and it was a longer race too. He had to go to the washroom. Remember with the, with the lap times being so significantly slower because of the wet, it was a lot longer. It was like, a, it was literally almost a half an hour race because yeah, the, lap, yeah. the lap times were so slow. Yeah, it was. Uh, let me. Um, I was just about to pull it up. Yeah, they were running minute four lap times. So, yeah. <laughs> you twenty two laps at a minute four. Yeah, that's that's basically a half hour that you're in the seat. Yeah, with the warm up lap and the cool cool down lap, right? So it was like the literally it was a long long race. But I'm glad he was able to take care of himself. But yeah, great great run again for Stephen Miller on the weekend. All total hard charger and KA one hundred junior on Sunday. Ethan Goulart on the Cosmic up nine spots. Started in eighteenth, ended up with a top ten finish in P nine. Rob, if you're leading the race and you got to go to the bathroom, are you just going to let it go? Yeah, 100%. 100%. It depends on the race, though, right? And if if you got to race another race after or if you got a suit or or something to change in, right? Probably not. (laughs) I think I just let it roll. (laughs) All right, folks, don't go anywhere. That might be a good that might be a good poll question for later today. <laughs> I like that idea. All right, <laughs> folks, don't go anywhere. More to come here. When we get back, we'll do X30 Master, Pro Shifter, and Master Shifter. <music> 2019 marked a new era for the Cartlift brand. The company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since 2003, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business. Stockholm Karting Center in October of 2019. Stockholm Karting Center Inc. has added the Kartlift brand 
to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past 25 years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cart lift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone, or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper, push the button, and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country, or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-777-8020. Get a cart lift and leave your crew at home. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Cart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to the Ecan Radio Network. No more, dis no, no more discussion of going to the washroom while you're driving now, David. We'll, we'll hold on to that for later. Hold I, on, I, wait. I gotta go, Rob. Wait. Yeah, yeah, right. You just go in your seat right now, man. We All right, I'm just gonna go in my office. Yep. Leading Edge Motorsports, the sponsor of our race report <laughs> section. Let's jump into X30 Master. And here's the headline: Garrido and Romaljo open season with victories. Yeah, as I said during the by the numbers, this is gonna be a category to watch for the championship when we head back to AMR Motorplex on, in February. A uh, number of different drivers were at the front all weekend long. Saturday began with our Pro Tour defending champion, Mario Barrio, setting fast time in qualifying. But it was a familiar name returning back to the sport. Luis Schiavo said, uh, said uh, able to, uh, to score the win in the pre-final. Schiavo, a multi-time Team USA driver, and again, a uh, just a... Uh, very veteran driver in the in the term in the motorsports world, open wheel karting, number of different programs. Yep. So great to see him back. Uh, main event actually ended up with Schiavo leading early on, but the story was Michelle Garado, who qualified eighth, worked his way up to third in the pre-final, and then by lap eight was into the top position, and then from there just set the uh, the pace for the remainder of the race to go on to score his first victory. Uh, at the Scusa Winter Series uh, by a 1.6 margin victory over Danilo Romalo in the second position with Mario Barrios getting by Schiavo for the third position uh, with Diego Rodriguez in the fifth spot. 
Yeah, Rodriguez also the hard charger started to 12th before getting up to 5th, so 7th position improvement for Rodriguez. On Sunday, though, it was Romalho's turn to kind of work his way to the front, and this, this, is, this is why everything's interesting. You talk about Barrios, Garrido, Schiavo, good speed, though he went 4th and 5th on both days. Uh, Danilo Romalho this time, David qualifying on the pole. He did, able to set the fast time uh, Sunday morning in the qualify se- qualifying session. But unlike what we saw on Saturday, uh, Michelle Garrido was uh, wanting to be the driver up front and actually uh, asserted himself as a driver to be in the prefinal by scoring the win. Uh, uh, Giardo was the driver to beat or driver leading in the main event, led a majority of the laps uh, on Coming to the white flag, though, uh, Danilo made his move. It was that, that left-hand corner right after the double right. So I, I don't know the number, turn number. Turn nine. Turn, turn nine. nine. But yeah. it's it's one of those opportunities to where if you if you make it right, it's a good move because it not only puts you at the apex first, but it also you know kind of surprises the driver you're passing and then slows them up as you head – to the uh, the east and out towards uh, turns ten and eleven, so it was a great move by Danilo uh, to uh, uh, over Michelle, and uh, it certainly established enough of a gap for him to be able to go uh, pull away and cross the finish line first for his victory. Yeah, it's one of my favorite passes. As you come through the infield, this double right hand, kind of the carousel, and as you're kind of out there hanging out, hanging it out, you know, getting that, that constant radius corner, you kind of cut back to the left hand turn nine. And if you can get to the inside, like you said, David, it's such a great place to pass because it has built like a like a built in. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Built in defense mode because as you're to the inside, that guy's going to get hung to the outside. You you're holding all the way to the outside there, and he he's holding on. And you literally, if, you, if it's done right, you're going to have a half a second advantage coming out of that corner. That's really what played in for Romalho. Makes that pass in the final lap and ends up uh, leading and winning by eight-tenths of a second. Great job for him to get it done over Garrido, Barrios, Rodriguez, and Schiavo. Rodriguez, the hard charger, wasn't a lot of movement in the within the order, David. He, he was up three spots. That was enough. Started seventh, finished fourth for Rodriguez. Yeah, two top fives for him, two top fives for Schiavo. For Barrios, so a number of different drivers in the mix as we uh, as we'll head to uh, the championship rounds next month. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Let's move to the pro shifter category. Here's the headline: Return to the top of the podium for Musgrave as Isambard earns first. Again, you know the numbers weren't there, but uh, we certainly saw some some drama throughout the weekend in this category and a number of different drivers uh, in the mix. Uh, Alan Isambard, one of them, was able to uh, to set fast time in qualifying. That was until Billy Musgrave asserted himself as the driver to beat on Saturday. He won the pre-final, and then uh, while he was pressured all throughout the final, led all twenty laps to score uh, his first victory since his um, his last championship, which was, I believe, in 2019. So uh, a good uh, return to the top of the podium for Musgrave with uh, uh, with him earning the victory by three-tenths of a second. Yeah, Slavic Pushitin coming into the second spot on the Charles Leclerc chassis, put the pressure on throughout the race. Alan Isambard, who had shown good speed on, uh, in qualifying, just didn't quite have it in the main. I asked him afterwards, and that's essentially what he said. He goes, we just, we just didn't have the pace. Not exactly sure why. Uh, Gianno Torino on the Magic Cart was fourth, and Annie Rule also on the Magic, capping off the top five. On Sunday, though, David Musgrave continuing his pace ends up qualifying on the pole position. Torino stepped things up in the pre-final to uh, to get that win in, in the short sprint and started on the pole. 
but once things rolled, it's Musgrave had some kind of an issue. Uh, he was a DNF in the pre-final, and he finally ended up getting to the lead, David, you know, midway through the race. But Isambard, whatever speed he missed, he was able to get it back because he was good on Sunday. Yeah, he actually had an issue in the opening corner of the start of the main event. So he was kind of caught, you know, he was in catch up mode throughout the main event. And so he was putting in qualifying lap after qualifying lap to get back up towards the front. And then once he did, he got by both uh, Torino, he got by and then got by Musgrave uh, for the lead. And then we thought, okay, this will be a good fight for for the uh for the win but musgrave was unable to challenge him back as yeah. uh, as isambard was able to hold him off and uh and score the victory by eight tenths of a second musgrave coming home second torino third justin salazar on the eos chassis in fourth and pushiton rounding out the top five let's go right down to the master shifter category david to cap off this section uh, the headline Schilling and barnes start off season on top yeah, Skitchy, Scott Skitchy Barnes from Bermuda was back to the Scusa Winter Series, ended up finishing second last year in the championship and then second on the Pro Tour as well. Uh, looking to start the 2022 season off with a victory. He was the driver to beat in qualifying in the prefinal and was leading the main event until an engine seizure and engine seized. Uh, with, uh, I want to say about the halfway point, yeah, like uh, that, that uh, essentially handed the, the lead and the victory over to Ken Schilling as he was able to score the win ahead of Johnston Irwin with Barnes ended up finishing in third with, based on the amount of laps he completed. Yeah. There was some attrition for the other drivers in the category on Sunday. Scott Barnes came out of the gate again and he, to give, to give some credit to Scotty Barnes, um, he was real quick. He literally qualified within the guys in the pro cat category. I want to say he was third or fourth at one point. His qualifying pace was very good, right in the middle of the pro shifter drivers. He would race with them for the first couple of laps. They would slip by a bit, and then he uh, would be able to hold the spot. This this day on Sunday was flawless for Barnes. Won the qualifying run, ended up winning the pre-final, and ended up winning by 21.9 seconds as he was right there with the pro drivers, as I said. Farshag Bagari on the TV cart ended, ended up finishing second. And again, Ken Schilling another third place another podium for ken Schilling after his win on saturday so Barnes still looking pretty good he'll try to win the championship and again like we talked about david uh hearing rumors that we could have some more masters drivers out so maybe as many as 10 masters drivers for the race in february yeah that'll be good to see and then barnes is going to really have to focus on not making any mistakes or having any type of uh of failures regarding his equipment in order to uh secure that championship indeed all right folks another break in the action when we get back we'll wrap up the race report presented by uh, leading edge motorsports mini swift and micro swift to cap it off made in the usa that's exactly what you get from precision karting technologies Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head 
to pktaxles.com. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to the EK and Radio Network, episode 89 of our debrief podcast, where we take a deep dive into a, the race reports of an event we just were trackside for. And this past weekend, the Supercarts USA Winter Series opener at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. My name is Rob Howden, again, joined by David Cole here in our online studio. Uh, David, let's jump into the Mini Swift category and talk about this racing because it was a pretty good weekend for young Weldon. Weldon doubles up for first series victories. Yeah, I made an error on that. It's actually his first series victories of 2022. So we'll just say that. Yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I did some more research this morning and 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 forgot to update that. So that's all right. Anyway, for Weldon, it was it was pretty uh, shocking to see him in the paddock at all with a helmet on around yeah. the racetrack, uh, with a fractured wrist from the last weekend uh, at the AMR Motorplex while during his uh, testing and I believe it was a club race as well going on. So. So driving with a bit of a fractured right arm, uh, Weldon was able to put it on the pole in qualifying, able to drive to the win in the prefinal, and then led 17 of the 18 laps uh, in the main event to drive away to a 2.4 second victory uh, in the in the in the main event. His second career victory at the series, first of 2022. There you go. Uh, Carson Weinberg on the CRG drove to the second position, racing under the Speed Concepts Racing tent uh, with Luis Umana in third position. Uh, Salvador Della Vecchia was in the fourth spot aboard the Parallel with Jensen Burnett, the Canadian, in the fifth spot. Yeah, good run for uh, Carson Weinberg in that CRG. Good to see the black and yellow out there for for the CRG driver. Orange. But yeah, pardon me. Oh, pardon me. I'm I'm colorblind guy. Black and orange. Black and orange. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hard charge. It's not Roll- Cali cart. That used to be yellow. Listen to you. Good for you pulling that back out. The old Cali cart. That's right. <laughs> Uh, hard charger was Roman McMurdy on the energy 12 spots up started 39th ended up in 27th on Sunday David out of the gate Weldon did it again put it on pole start the day yeah again different uh, different uh, weather conditions uh, for this category as well uh, the main event was actually on wet on a wet racetrack on wet tires so that kind of shook things up 
Uh, Weldon was a driver uh, out front, but he was quickly joined by Keelan Harvick, making his mini swift weekend debut. Keelan Harvick qualified 16th, was able to work his way up into the third spot in the pre-final and then took the lead on lap three. As he was leading, Kai Johnson was a driver charging forward, got up to second. And then while he was attempting a pass for the lead over Harvick, they kind of did an over under and the two made contact on the exit of turn four. The contact sent Harvick up and over him, uh, over Kai Johnson, while Johnson shuffled, I think I want to say all the way back to about the eighth spot while Harvick remained in the lead, but that allowed Weldon to close up. They essentially ran one, two for the remainder of the race and Harvick actually crossed the line uh, as a provisional winner. Unfortunately, uh, the officials gave a penalty to Harvick for contact with Johnson that uh, dropped him down to the third position and that moved Weldon up to the top spot of the podium. Yeah, so Weldon ends up with the win. Kai Johnson second, Harvick with that penalty dropping to third. Faith and Sarah Pog is takes fourth with the Cart Republic and Max Christia in the uh, Burrell Art capping off the top five. Carson Weinberg, we talked about him finishing second on Saturday, had some kind of an issue in the pre-final, ended up starting 37th, but he was the hard charger up 30 spots over those uh, the 20 laps to get the seventh. What a great run for Weinberg on Sunday. Yeah, I want to say it was contact in the turn five hairpin that took uh, Weinberg out of the pre-final. So oh, I think put, you're him, right. yep. put him at the back of the field for the main event and uh, certainly showed well in his opening weekend aboard the CRG. One of the things we've seen a lot, of, and again, our first opportunity at the Winter Series each year to see how many drivers, which which drivers move from micro to mini, mini to junior, junior to senior, and so on. Uh We've definitely got a, a guy to watch for here in the MicroSwift class. I always say that the Winter Series kind of sets the tone for the season, gives us our first look at potential championship national contenders. Well, here's your headline for MicroSwift. True Show puts on dominant performance on weekend. It certainly was that. Uh, again, a driver at his home racetrack understands the facility, knows what he needs to do, and again, has that full season of racing towards the front of the field uh, from 2021. So now uh, Alessandro Trucheau has put himself as the driver to beat early on in the Micro Swift division. Saturday was a clean clean sweep, set fast time in qualifying and won the pre-final and then drove away to an 8.5 second margin uh, for victory in the main event. Yeah, great run for Trucheau on all weekend long. Ashton Wood ended up finishing in second. Benja Fernandez in third. Rocco Simone in fourth. And Samuel Martinez rounding out the top five in micro. Wire-to-wire victory, as you said. We did have a pretty good scrap, though, for second spot between Wood and Fernandez and Simone. Uh, there was some good racing there. It seemed that seemed to be like kind of the way this weekend was going to go. It was going to be Trucheau out front, then the fight for, for second, third, and fourth, the final positions on the podium. Uh, Dave Hard Charger Kai Mars had some issues in the pre-final, but really powered his way forward in the in the uh, in the main up 22 positions, 36 to 14th for the Trinity Carding Group driver. Yeah, more than one position a lap, so a good mm-hmm. performance for him. And then again, as you said, Sunday all true show uh, again, yeah. just uh, unstoppable. Nobody uh, was able to really challenge him even at the starts. Uh, true show was able to get good clean starts, get away from the field. Uh, after setting fast time and qualifying, won the pre-final, and then the main event was a 3.4-second advantage uh, after 20 laps. Yeah, Rocco Simone making his debut with Peril in the USA, really settled in and, and uh, kind of got a feel for it, obviously. Had a chance to probably go over some of the data from Trucheau as well. He turned it up as well on Sunday to go to second, so the first podium finish for Rocco Simone in Scusa action. Uh, Fernandez uh, 
uh, Benjamin Fernandez ended up finishing in third. And shout out to both uh, Ashton Woon and Jackson Porter, David. They end up in the top five, but they had to move forward up 11 and 12 spots respectively. Yeah, good good drives forward. Again, it's just kind of hustling. And those are two names that we talked about uh, in the Outlap yeah. pod, preview podcast. You know, we, we kind of set five names. Uh, you know, we talked about Trucheau. We talked about Simone. Uh, we talked about Woon and Porter being among those that could contend. So, uh, you know, we got four out of the five and Benny Fernandez, uh, should be a driver that we could see, uh, potentially compete, uh, all season long and be one of those front runners as well. I think so. Uh, and even with the 11 and 12 spot improvement for Woon and Porter, not the hard chargers as Drew Waltz on the Burrell art uh, up 13th spot. Drew started in 20th and drove his way up to seventh. Yeah. So three drivers essentially following each other all the way yeah. up through the field. Yeah. So, okay, folks, one more break. We'll cap things off after this. We'll wrap up this edition of the uh, debrief, and we'll have a look at the Constructor Championship on which brands were able to get wins down in Florida. And we'll cap things off, as we always do, with our EK and Trackside Live Race Calendar. Stay with us, folks. More to come. History. Success. Family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Kart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. The engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometKartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Spec Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. And the all-new IgniteKarting.com website provides you with the information you need to fuel your passion for kart racing. Ignite Karting is a spec kart that features the Margay Racing chassis with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes utilize the same Ignite K3 cart, which puts all the emphasis squarely on the driver. You can race the Ignite package from Margay at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2021 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Quincy Grand Prix, and Newcastle Motorsports Park. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regional-based Ignite Challenge Series at tracks in Iowa, Missouri, Indiana, and Illinois. Local club programs have been established in Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, and Florida. All the information that you're looking for on events throughout the country and on all the Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, is available at IgniteKarting.com. Get off the couch and on the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Let's put a wrap on this edition of the EKN Outlap. David, wrapping things up. As we said before, during the Outlap, we were super excited. Now, listen, it, to get to Florida, obviously, because of the weather. It, it 
wasn't what exactly what we expected, but it was still warm, warm and significantly warmer than back home. We still got to wear shorts That's all it. day, every yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have to put on jackets except for when it rained. Um, so aside from that, yeah, it was uh, it was good weather. To get, it was great to get away from the cold weather and. And thankfully, I haven't had to shovel yet, so that's good. But uh, dude, hey, it, whoa, whoa, whoa! There's no more shoveling for you. We took care of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, moving snow. There, <laughs> yeah, I, sure. there. I'll say moving snow. <laughs> I haven't had to move snow yet in the last couple of days, so that's good. But I tell you what, the uh, when it feels like one degrees, and I was just in eighty degree weather, it uh, it's a big change. <laughs> it's a shock. It's a shock. It's, yeah. So it, wacky weather for wacky weather for sure. We had a bunch of rain come in. Uh, so much so that we talked about flooding the racetrack that had to get taken care of. And then the, they lit the residual water, some puddles, man, it, it just made for, it made for a chaotic weekend of, of competition. And of course, rain coming on Sunday as well. Drivers out on the racetrack in, in wet conditions with slick tires, just a crazy weekend weather-wise all told. The pushback bumper, obviously a big thing, David, no major issues at the start. Although I do think that Saturday was better than Sunday. I think some of the drivers, maybe get a little more aggressive remembering that they didn't have the pushback. Well, I think, again, we talked, we've talked about that. We're going to have that. We're going to have guys that are going to get too aggressive, but even, even with the pushback guys were, were trying different things to, to see what would work and what wouldn't. But, um, you know, again, well, it's just something that you're going to, we're going to have to monitor and, and see, you know, how things unfold again, it's only the first opening weekend. Uh, you know, we'll, let's see how things unfold next next month when we when we get back down there. And again, you know, Scusa, <clears throat> their staff is 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 learning and adjusting with no pushback bumpers as to what they they need to be watching for, what they need to, they need to be looking at. Agreed. Yeah, and they'll put the hammer down to make it happen. Last but not least, to wrap things up, a lot of new names at the top of the field, David. We always get that. This is why we love the Winter Series. Get down there and see kind of who's stepping up, who have graduated up a class, and to see which names are going to potentially fight for championships. It was a, it was a good weekend. And yeah, a lot of new names up top. Yeah, that's that's the great thing about starting a new season. It's a fresh start. You know, some drivers moving to new chassis, some drivers moving in different teams. So we got to see a lot of that uh, on the weekend and especially on track. Got to see, you know, some new names uh, up front or, you know, familiar names returning back to the top of the podium. Let's have a look at the Constructors' Championship, David. Seven brands getting race wins uh, with the 18 wins overall. Nine categories, uh, 18 wins, seven brands splitting those wins. Yeah, uh, Cosmic led the way with five victories, three alone under the JC karting tent. That was with uh, both of the Weldon brothers, uh, Oliver earning two and Sebastian one. Uh, Tony Kart ended up scoring four victories with uh, Carson Morgan earning two of those in the KO 100 division. Uh, Perlin scoring three, obviously Alessandro Trucheau with two victories and then Alessandro DiTullo. Uh, earning the X30 senior victory. EOS with two victories, thanks to Stephen Miller. And then TB Cart scoring two victories, one with uh, Vila in the X30 senior division, and then Scott Skitchy Barnes in a master shifter class. Yep. Uh, Factory Cart and Illuminos round out the Constructors' Championship with one win apiece. Yeah, let's go now to the EK and Trackside Live race calendar presented today by Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. 
They specialize in IAMI engines, tillet seats, and of course, their championship-winning Merlin chassis. They've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for years, from providing a helping hand on a weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. All right, David, a couple of races for you and I uh, here this this uh, this year. Uh, we'll be back doing an ECAN Trackside Live program with our full live package January 28th to 30th, the Challenge of the Americas. We head west to Tucson, Arizona, and the Muscleman Honda Circuit. Always looking forward to getting out to the crew there with the Challenge. And based on the you know their, their momentum over the last couple of years, could be a record-setting series for the Challenge this year. Yeah, it could be a record-setting event just to begin the ser- the season off, the 15th season of Challenge of the Americas. Again, uh, Tucson, we love going to that racetrack. We, have, we get that elevated view that we get yeah. to see everything and watch the amazing racing that happens around that, that circuit that replicates the uh, Suzuka uh, circuit in Japan. Uh, again, the only thing we have to worry about there hopefully is wind and and in the last few times we've been there it's been pretty good so uh you know hopefully we don't have a bad string certainly following all the rain we had this past weekend no doubt about it we'll be back again for our full trackside coverage down at the scoop supercarts usa winter winter series finale as well february 11th the 13th i'll again be joining xander clements as part of the cart tracer coverage we uh, even even this this attack weekend david we even though we had the cart tracer going we did stream the live coverage on the ecan radio network app and on ecartynews.com slash radio and we had a ton of people tuning in to the radio broadcast as well so nice to see that people were enjoying uh, getting the audio broadcast still too yeah we just we just we figured it was a, a great opportunity for those who can't be on youtube or or can't actually watch the action that again we you know the radio is is always a secondary option you see that with football basketball all the other sports you know there's no reason why and you know we can't do that for karting so thank you to everybody who tuned in to the radio it's not the same production that you'll typically get at our ecan trackside live events that uh, especially what you'll get with uh the challenge in america's weekend coming up at the end of the month but at least you can hear uh the the soothing sounds of rob howden <laughs> hey listen one, one thing we didn't bring up either we launched a new uh youtube show this past weekend as well, right? We've got a brand new show that we're, we're going to start doing when we can, when, especially when David and I are together at the racetracks. We're going to start doing our tent talk even more. We did our first one uh, with Sean Bailiff and the crew at Trinity Karting Group. That's available on YouTube right now if you didn't see it. But bottom line is Friday, we're going to sit down and do a live video interview with uh, within one of the tents of the, the major teams in the sport. And I really enjoyed sitting down with the Trinity guys. It was It was a lot of fun to get that thing underway. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, it's a new opportunity for us, again, to further connect with those in the sport, those in the industry, you know, both industry members and drivers that are that are part of a team or, you know, so it was it was, you know, the Bailiff family is always great to talk with. And, uh, you know, looking forward to actually getting down to the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati yeah. to see to see that facility. But again, the, you know, one of the top uh, race teams right now in the sport is certainly Trinity Karting Group. So again, folks, lots more coming here. The ECAN Trackside Live Tour, January 28th to 30th. We'll be at the Challenge of the Americas race in Tucson, Arizona. A couple weeks later, back down to the Scusa Winter Series event at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex. Looking forward to that one. 
yeah, David, we're done wrapping things up, folks. That has been in another edition of the EKN Debrief. I hope you enjoyed the full race report from David and I. Again, Parallel USA, the sponsor of the uh, broadcast here today. Big thank you to everyone from Parallel USA. Tremendous weekend for them, of course, with three wins down at the Winter Series in Homestead. Again, we'll be back down for the finale in February. We'll see which drivers step up as championship contenders when we get things rolling there on the Saturday. But otherwise, we are done. Look for another outlap coming soon before the end of the season when we get ready to roll uh, with the preview for the Challenge of the Americas. But again, on behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.